This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi there, Dr. Jen Lincoln here. I can't come to the phone right now, but we'll likely have an opening later on. Please leave me a message and I'll be at your cervix. I mean, <laughs> service in no time. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Down There podcast, episode 19. I'm your host, board certified OBGYN, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. And this week's episode, I I think I'm going to call it like the birth control bonanza, because I've got a bunch of great questions about birth control ranging from issues with fertility to PMS to like, is it okay to go off your birth control and get back in sync with your cycle? So if you have ever had questions about birth control, this episode is for you. Okay, let's jump right into it with a question about birth control and fertility. Hi, Dr. Jen. Um, My name is Mackenzie, and I was inquiring on if I am on birth control, the pill, and I take all four weeks of it, so I do not skip over the sugar pill, but I do not get my period ever. Will that harm my body or chances of fertility in the future? Thank you so much. Okay, Mackenzie, thank you for this question. I cannot tell you how many times I get asked this on my social media. I've had this question sent in to me. And I think it's important we talk about it because there's so much misinformation, as you know, about birth control and periods out there. And this, I think, is one of the number one things I hear people who are worried about. So if you're skipping your period, if you're taking your birth control continuously and you don't have a period, is that somehow screwing up your body while you're doing it? And number two, is it screwing things up afterwards? And I'm going to cut to the chase. It's all good. Periods are useless. There you go. Done. You don't have to listen. No, I'm kidding. Please, please keep listening. So here is a little history lesson of birth control and why we even have that week of a period. So birth control was developed in the 60s. And I'm talking about the birth control pill. It's a very different pill than what we have today in terms of dosage and that kind of thing. But it's important to note that when the pill was formed, Shocker, it was super controversial. The idea that women and people with a uterus could take control of their fertility, the audacity. And in fact, when it did first get approved, you had to be married in order to get a prescription from your doctor. So what a lot of women would do is they would buy a fake, you know, cheap ring, put it on their ring finger of their left hand, go to the gynecologist and pretend to be married. Like these are the hoops that people had to jump through to get birth control. That's probably a topic we can dive into on another day. But here's the thing. When birth control was first developed, the idea that you have three weeks of hormones and then have a week off of hormones in order to have what looked like a period, really it's a withdrawal bleed, that was there for really two reasons. One, it seemed more natural, right? It seemed like maybe people would like that because they liked that it still seemed like they were having a natural cycle They could know that they weren't pregnant, but really the reason it was done was to get the Catholic church on board. The people who were in charge of making the pill did this because they had hopes that the Catholic church would allow its usage if it looked like a regular cycle. Fast forward, yeah, it didn't work. They still said, nope, you know, we should not be using birth control if you are a Catholic Shocker, 98% of Catholics in the United States have used some form of birth control in their life with a large amount of those being, yeah, the pills. So 
even though the church may not technically approve it, people are still using it. So anyway, this idea that you needed a, a week to bleed was really for optics and not for science. So you might think, well, why are we still doing that? Excellent question, my friend. It is true that if you do take it as prescribed, so you take your three weeks of hormones and have your week off, whether it's with the pill or the ring or the patch, it's true that you are less likely to have breakthrough bleeding or unscheduled bleeding, meaning bleeding elsewhere in your cycle. It's also true that some people really like having a period and they like having that bleed for the reason that they don't have that spotting. Also, they, they're really reassured that they're not pregnant and it just seems like more natural. So if that's you, cool. However, if you hate having a period, and notice how I'm using the term period, where really it's a withdrawal bleed because you don't ovulate when you're on the pill, so it's not a true period, but whatever. We're just going to call it what most people call it. So if you like that idea of having a period, you can. And if you don't like the idea of having a period, then you absolutely can skip it. And that's what our caller is doing here. She's saying that she's just using it continuously. And she's curious, though, like I bet she loves not having a period, but she seems concerned, you know, does this mess me up somehow? And the answer is no. We have really good data to show that using any form of birth control, whether it's the pill, the patch, the ring, the IUD, the injection, the implant, all these things, any kind of hormonal birth control, 100% does not affect your future fertility. Meaning that when they studied this and they looked at people who were using hormonal birth control versus those who were not, they all were able to achieve pregnancy at the same rate. The only slight difference was in the people who were using Depo, the injection birth control. They were able to still achieve pregnancy at the same rate. It's just that it took a bit longer for their cycles to come back. It does not matter if you use it in the traditional sense where you have three weeks on and then one week off versus using it continuously. And I know that sometimes that can seem really hard to understand. Like you're saying, but I'm not bleeding. It seems like I'm suppressing things. Is that messing up my ovaries? And the answer is no. And this idea, some people wonder, do you have to have a period? Is it more natural and healthier for your body to have that withdrawal bleed once a month? Does it like clean things out? And the beauty of using contraception is that it makes the lining of your uterus so thin that there really is nothing with which to have a period. If, if there is, it's even, you know, usually a lot lighter for most people. In fact, that's one of the reasons that some people use hormonal birth control. But the idea that if you're using it continuously, that stuff is like going to quote unquote build up in there, it's not really the case. It is true the longer you go without having a withdrawal bleed, you may have a little bit of that intermenstrual spotting or that breakthrough bleeding because yeah, there's, you know, there's a little bit of that uterine lining, but it's not that it's building up in such a way that you have to flush it out or, or have a period. And in not having a cycle, and by cycle, I mean a withdrawal bleed, it's not doing anything different to your ovaries or your ovarian reserve or the quality of your eggs or your chance to get pregnant in the future. So I hope that is reassuring. However, I do want to point out one thing here, and I think it's really important to understand cause and effect. So let's pretend, let's say Mackenzie, she's using her continuous birth control pill. She started when she's 21 and maybe she continues it for 20 years and now she's 41 and she's trying to get pregnant for the first time. And she goes off the pill and she doesn't get pregnant, right? She tries, she either doesn't have a period or they're very irregular or she does, but she can't get pregnant. I do not blame Mackenzie if she were to think, well, it's because I took that pill for so long. That's why I'm not getting pregnant. When in reality, what it is, is it could be a couple of things. It could be that she had underlying fertility issues all along 
and we just never knew about it. Or maybe she did know about it or we could have suspected it because maybe she started the pill at 21 because she was hardly having cycles. Doesn't mean that you're not going to use the pill to sort of quote unquote regulate or keep you from having irregular or absent cycles, which actually puts you at an increased risk for things like cancer of the uterus. But there should have been a workup in the beginning to say, hey, what's going on with your ovaries and your menstrual cycle? Are you ovulating? What's happening there? Are there other issues like your thyroid or something else going on? So if that was never done and the answer was, well, just get on the pill, you'll be fine. Then it could be that there was an undiagnosed fertility issue all along. And the third thing, and what we see, I feel like most commonly is that people who are on birth control for a long time and then who try to get pregnant and struggle might not realize that Unfortunately, age is a factor. Our eggs are only so healthy for so long. And certainly your fertility decreases as you get older, especially after, you know, 30 and 35 and 40. Absolutely. So some people who think, well, I did damage. I was on birth control for so long. That's why I can't get pregnant. It's actually has more to do with their age, or it could be completely unrelated to them and it could be their partner. So very often birth control gets blamed because we often focus on the things we did and it's a very active thing, right? Taking a birth control pill or getting a depo shot or having an IUD, like we see that as an intervention. And so then when that is removed, we then think, well, this problem must have stemmed from that. And it's not related to that. So whether or not you use hormonal birth control, whether or not you use it continuously, know that there's no reason to have a period or withdrawal bleed unless you want one, which is fine. And know that skipping your cycle, skipping your period, skipping your withdrawal bleed is totally fine and has no impact on future fertility. So I hope that helps. Okay, let's keep the birth control bonanza going and let's go on to our next question from Suzanne. Hi, Dr. Lincoln. My name is Suzanne. Um, thank you for doing all the work you do. My question slash situation is this. So I've been on birth control for about 15 years, and I've switched from pills to, uh, I think, two IUDs at this point, and I'm starting to have some new thoughts. I'm, of course, a big advocate for birth control, but lately I've been just kind of thinking about quitting it and um, just trying to do the all-natural slash natural planning route. I, I think it's it's been 15 years and it makes me a little scared to go back to wanting to have periods again, but it like kind of sounds exciting at the same time. I like, I've missed it if that makes any sense. <laughs> and I, I guess I just don't know if I'm making the right choice because like, I love the convenience of birth control, but my body seems to be wanting to say I'm done with this. And I don't know if that's a thing. And I, I don't know if this is important to note, but I'm recently married and we aren't actively trying for kids but it's something we see maybe in five-ish years. So I don't know if it's good to just start kind of planning this now in advance. I don't know. I'm starting to ramble, but any advice is appreciative. And thank you in advance for whatever you can offer. Thanks. Oh, Suzanne, congrats on your new marriage. And I'm sure it's super exciting. And I love that you're thinking about this. And I think that, and I hope that this hasn't happened to you, but I know I could hear some healthcare providers hearing this question and like rolling their eyes and going, okay, if it's working for you, like, why do you want to go off it? And like, why do you want to have a period and use something that's not as good, like natural family planning or fertility awareness method? And I have to say, I don't think that's the right response because when we talk about the best form of birth control, 
right away, a lot of our minds go to, oh, you mean the most effective, right? Like IUDs and tubal ligations and vasectomies and the next one on arm implant. And best is not best for everybody because what you consider best might be something that somebody else isn't so worried about. Meaning that for you, what makes the birth control the best is that it is the most effective. For somebody else, the best form of birth control might be the one that's the most private or the most reversible or something that feels the most natural, like no hormones. So I don't think there is a best form of birth control overall. And it sounds to me like what you're thinking about here is you've used methods. They've worked good for you, right? Birth control pill, IUDs. You're thinking ahead to trying to maybe start a family down the road. And in the meantime, the idea of not being on something and having a period feels exciting. And I get that. Sometimes it can seem exciting or feel cool to like know what your body's doing without taking anything, right? Like I I can totally hear that. I myself do not enjoy periods and I don't think I'd want to go back to that, but I can totally understand why somebody else might want to. And I can also see how you might be curious, especially if you are considering getting pregnant in the future and it's been 15 years and you're just like wondering what your cycles do. So I hear that and I support you if that's what you want to do. I do, you know, as an OBGYN, I do have to have the disclaimer that if you want to stop your birth control and see what your cycles are off of it, and you do not want to actively get pregnant, then you really need to do some other stuff in the meantime. And it sounds like you alluded to this. You were talking about natural family planning. And it is true that that's absolutely an option. And you could do other things too, such as using condoms or non-hormonal methods while you kind of see where your body's at. So if you decide to stop your birth control, whether it's stopping the pill or having your IUD removed, it's important to have a plan in place beforehand because with all of these methods, the second you stop them, you could theoretically get pregnant. So you want to have a plan in place beforehand rather than you had your IUD removed and maybe a week later you're like, hey, what's up? What's up sucks? And then, ooh, crap, you're pregnant. So if you are planning on something like the fertility awareness method or natural family planning, A lot of times we use these terms interchangeably. It's important to know how it works and also know that you can't rely on it right away because you need to get some data in order to look back and figure out when you're ovulating. And that's really the whole idea of fertility awareness method is you figure out when you're most fertile, when you're most likely to get pregnant and you don't have sex during them. Or you do other things other than vagina and penis intercourse or you use a condom if that's something that you still want to have sex, but you want to not be completely unprotected. I think it's important to know the stats that if it's used perfectly in one year, less than five people out of 100 will become pregnant. And that's if it's used perfectly, meaning you are the absolute right candidate for it. You do all the things. But I think it's important that we recognize that even though I like to think I'm perfect, like I am not perfect, very few of us are. So I think it's important to hear that rate, but also know what we call the typical use rate. So the average person walking around What's the chance that they're going to get pregnant? And that's closer to 12 to 24 people out of 100 in one year. So if you use this over multiple years, every year, you're sort of, you know, increasing your risk because that number is additive over time, meaning, you know, every year it's 12 out of 24 that year and then the next year and the next year. And so we know that if you use this for a long time and you're not super dedicated using it basically perfectly, there is a high chance of pregnancy. And remember how I said, well, then it's not the best method. Well, when we counsel people about birth control, one of the things we say is how how upset would you be if this method failed and you did get pregnant? And for some people, they say, absolutely not. 
cannot tolerate that. Sign me up for something really effective like the IUD. Others may say, eh, you know what? Like, I, I don't want to try to get pregnant, but I wouldn't be mad. Then this could be a good method because if you maybe get pregnant a year sooner than you really wanted to, but you're like, well, that's okay. Because to me, it's more important that I'm not using any hormones and I see what my cycle is like and I feel more aware of what's happening in my body, then cool. I would say, if you are thinking this and you're thinking of using this, I do have a really great YouTube video that goes into a lot of details about it. And I'll throw that link into my references section below. I would recommend just taking a little extra precaution and taking a prenatal vitamin. And the reason is not because I think you're absolutely going to get pregnant and no, taking prenatal vitamins does not make you pregnant. Let me make that clear. It's because just in case you do get pregnant, we do know that prenatal vitamins have really important nutrients in them for a developing fetus, which the really important development often happens even before you know you're pregnant. And specifically, we're talking about folic acid. So if you're thinking this, you really may want to consider taking a prenatal vitamin. And just as a quick overview, like I go through this much more in my YouTube video, but when we're talking about fertility awareness method, it's really the best way to do it is to combine multiple things to figure out when you're ovulating. So it's tracking your cycle. It could also be tracking your cervical mucus because that changes in consistency as your hormone levels change throughout your cycle. It's tracking your basal body temperature, which is seeing what your temperature is in bed before you even get out in the morning. It's using other things. Some people will use cervical positioning or using other symptoms like their breasts are tender to kind of figure out when they could get pregnant and then will avoid sex during that time. Is it a lot of work? Yeah, it takes a lot of dedication. But you know what? If that's what you want to do and that is something that you enjoy, go for it and like figure out how to do it and really get into it and figure out the best ways to do this and know that it absolutely can be done. It just takes a little more effort. And if you notice that you go off of your birth control and your cycles don't come back, we usually say, you know, you give it a few months, two to three months often to see what's happening and your periods don't come back. Well, actually, it's, it's a really good thing to know that because even if that's before you're trying, that could be an important red flag like we talked with my last caller to say, hey, I wonder if I'm not ovulating. I wonder if there's some fertility issues. And you can look into that before you actively start trying. So I think, again, the best thing, do what feels right to you. If you go into the office and your provider shames you and is like, why would you want to have a period? Do know we come from a background where most people are coming to us for intervention because they don't like their periods, but it's also fine. If you want to have a period, I say, go for it. So I hope that's helpful. And I will put information about my natural family planning video in the notes. And I really appreciate this question. All right, switching up now the birth control bonanza. Now we're going to go to two questions that are focused on IUDs and how they feel with them, different symptoms that they're having. So we'll take them one at a time, but I'm kind of excited to jump into this. Hi, my name is Michelle. I just finished listening to the episode about IUDs. Um, I'm currently on my second IUD. And while I love not having a period, I have always wondered in the back of my mind if there's a better birth control option, specifically one that helps with symptoms of PMS or PMDD. Every time I mention it to my doctor, they are like, we can try taking the IUD out to see if it helps, or they just want to prescribe antidepressants. And uh, I haven't been able to find a lot of information um, if there is birth control that helps with 
those premenstrual symptoms. As far as I understand, even though the IUD is not allowing me to have periods, like we still cycle and ovulate and all of that. And so it's like PMS, but no period. So I think it'd be cool if you did a follow-up post or podcast about that. Um, I've been enjoying all the episodes. Thank you. Well, today is your lucky day because we're doing it. And I think this is such a fantastic question to talk about the nuance of PMS, PMDD, and is an IED really going to help it? And I'm going to say, it's not. And here's the thing. So first, let's start with some definitions. PMS, premenstrual syndrome. 30 to 80% of us, of people with uterus, we experience it. And so that means you probably know what it is and what it feels like, but it happens before your period and it can be mood symptoms like you're feeling a little you know snippy or tired you could feel bloated you might feel like you have some cravings right it's just like ugh, pms right pmdd stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder i describe this to people as pms on steroids so all of these symptoms have now affected your quality of life and about 3 to 8% of menstruating people experience this so much less common, but still common enough that we should know about it. And so this is PMS that is now so bad that it's the reason you can't get out of bed in the morning because you just feel hopeless, or you can't go to work because you're so distressed emotionally, or you're feeling so crummy, so fatigued. It could be affecting your relationships. It just sucks. And you don't have to suffer. Now this caller, I love this question. She's got her IUD in, and it sounds like a hormonal IUD because you're not having periods. We love that. Or maybe we don't, right? As we just answered. But it is true. I think it's really important to understand how birth control works because then you can know to expect if it's going to help your symptoms or not help your symptoms. So going back to PMS and PMDD, some of the best ways to treat it is to not have the hormonal fluctuations that you see in a regular cycle. So not ovulating using a form of birth control that makes you not ovulate can actually be really helpful. It's not always going to be the answer for everybody, especially when it comes to PMDD. It is true that sometimes antidepressants can be the best thing for that, sometimes with or without not having a cycle. So that's definitely something worth diving into. And as I always say, I can't give direct medical advice on this podcast, but it's important to note that if you feel like you're having legitimate PMDD symptoms, it's important to check in with your provider. So what I mean is, is that when we're treating with PMS with PMDD and we're like, yeah, let's nix the cycle because that up and down is not working. An IUD isn't the best option for that because the primary way IUDs work is not by suppressing ovulation or quieting down your ovaries. They do, and I'm specifically talking about the hormonal IUD, they do suppress ovulation about half of the time. And that means the other half of the time, you could still cycle. The primary way that hormonal IUDs work is they thicken the cervical mucus. So they make it like a physical roadblock so the sperm can't meet the egg. That's the primary way that they work. So it's true, if you're trying to deal with PMS symptoms, the IUD might not be the best thing for you. It can help some, but if you are specifically talking to your provider and you're like, I'm struggling, the answer might be not using the IUD or using something else that suppresses ovulation. So that could be the birth control pill, the depo shot, the patch, the vaginal ring, or the arm implant called Nexplanon. These are all methods that work by primarily stopping ovulation. So I think it's important if you are struggling with this and your provider hasn't recommended this, now you're empowered and go in and say, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about this. I would like to 
think about a different option. Now, if you love your IUD and you love not having periods, like I said, you can use other methods continuously to not get a period. But if you're like, uh, okay, but the thing is, is that I don't like the sounds of any of those other methods. And I like the IUD because it's, you know, private. Nobody knows. I don't have to do anything any day. Like I don't want to have it removed. It's working really well. Then you may want to talk to your provider about something else that you could use for PMS or PMDD, such as an antidepressant, or even talking about sometimes people will couple two methods together. So it doesn't mean that your IUD absolutely has to come out, but it may just not be the best method for you for these symptoms. So I hope that helps clarify it a bit. Okay, last question, kind of similar, but also a little bit different. So let's jump into it. Hi, my name is Maddie, and I just had a question about my cycle. And um, I've had an IUD, the Liletta IUD, for about three years now. And I've noticed that my cycle has been really short. I would say about three weeks I get my period. Um, I noticed that I PMS. Um, I have symptoms like more breasts and cramping and mood swings about two weeks before my period. So really, I only have one good week where I feel kind of normal after my period, and then I just kind of feel pms And I just wanted to know, is that normal? Is that the IUD? Um, should I get that checked? Thank you so, so much. I appreciate any advice and information that you can give me. Okay. So kind of a similar question, right? Where you, Maddie has this IUD, but like, it doesn't sound like things are going so well, right? Like you don't want to just have one good week of life. That's not how we roll. And before I jump into this question, can we just take a moment for my clitorally segment where I clitorally literally say, I cannot stand this. And this week's clitorally is about clitorally. What is up with healthcare providers who tell you just to grin and bear shit? Okay. Like I'm just going to say it. And as a healthcare provider, I know, I'm sure there's a time I was dumb and did this too. Like I am not perfect, but I want to highlight that we need to ask healthcare providers to stop routinely playing down our symptoms, whether it's sex doesn't feel good. Well, grin and bear it, honey, have a glass of wine and relax. Or, you know, I don't feel like my birth control is going so great. Well, you know what? Just give it another six months or that's just what's going to happen now. Keep in mind, yeah, sometimes you got to give your body a chance to adjust to something. You can't expect to just take a birth control pill for a couple weeks and that's how it's going to be forever. Like I tend to ask people, can you stick it out? Can you give me three months? Can you try that? Because that's in general what we say is a normal adjustment time. But if somebody after a month is like, I hate this, you know, I had an IUD placed a month ago. I want it out. I don't want to wait. And guess what? Your body, your choice, take it out. You are the boss. So can we clitorally stop it with when we feel like people go in and they have a concern and they're told it's not real or you just got to deal with it? Like, what do you expect? This is the best we can do. Sometimes we only have so many tools in our toolbox, but I think it's important to understand that we might have a different idea of what somebody should wait or should be able to tolerate, but we're not the ones in charge. It isn't about us. We need to stop centering ourselves. So Clitorally, that's all I had to say about that. Okay, so now that I got that off my chest, <laughs> I think, Maddie, yeah, you should go get it checked out because it sounds like you're not living your best life right now. And I'm not sure if the symptoms you're feeling are related to your IUD. It sounds like to me that what you've got going on is 
PMS symptoms. But I can't say that for sure, because again, no direct medical advice. And I have no idea if there's something else going on that could be the cause of your symptoms and your bleeding and feeling that way. So I do think you should go get checked out. We should make sure there's nothing else going on, like fibroids or endometriosis or other things that are happening. And if it is PMS, and like I said with my last caller, the IUD is probably not the best choice for you. And it's also important to check in when it comes to, I, I definitely would want you to check in a bit about the length of your menstrual cycle, because bleeding every three weeks is a little bit shorter than what we would say is technically normal. Most people think your menstrual cycle is supposed to be 28 days on the dot. And that's true for some people, but it's not perfect. You know, we do say that every 21 to 35 days can be normal, but I would just want to check in because it sounds like you're right at that cusp. And I would want to dig more into how often are you bleeding? How heavy is it? Do we need to look into other reasons as why you might be bleeding, having shorter cycles so that we can see if there's a way we can make you feel better, just check in to see if there's any other workup we might want to do and to be prepared in the future to make sure that your fertility and things are like all where they need to be. So I think that it's worth knowing that you should not be living life with only one good week a month. And absolutely, your provider should be able to weigh in and say, let's check this out. Let's see what's going on and get you feeling better. Okay, we had a fun little birth control bonanza where we talked about can birth control taken continuously, can it totally mess up your body and your fertility? What do we think about natural family planning and wanting to be more in tune with our periods? And IUDs, are they going to help PMS? And are they the cause of PMS, which they're not, but like what's going on there? And it was just fun to answer all these questions kind of in a let's talk about it all together in the same episode. So I hope that was helpful and know that there's so many more questions I'm sure out there about birth control and otherwise, and I'm ready to answer them. Okay. It's that time where I ask you to rate, review, and follow on your favorite podcast app, because we know that's how we get more people talking. So call in at 503-893-2016 and join me online at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. So let's keep the conversation going. My friends call in, leave a question and know that it's okay to have questions about your body and we're going to answer them. Mm-hmm.